You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined by Adam Matis. He is all kinds of fired up. An incredible Bucks raptors game to get us going for this. That's the starting point. We have all kinds of <laughs> all-NBA. We have takes about that. It's going to be a great show today. Adam, how are you doing? I'm doing great. You're right. It is going to be a great show. That was a wild game, and I did not see it coming. So this makes the the weekend exciting and, and, and interesting. We were going to do predictions, and I think you and I were on the same page there. There's a good chance you and I like legitimately disagree about how this weekend is going to go. Like This is... Well, this well, is, I right. probably disagree with myself. Like I just don't. There's no. I, I'm, not, I'm not like in the corner of anything at the moment. And that's yeah. that's kind of what's so exciting about this. So, um, you know, last week when we were on the show, we were talking about how oh man, it's gonna be two sweeps in each conference and all the no, I the conference finals. I've always thought this was going seven. Well, yeah, we thought it would go long, but when they went Milwaukee's first two games going up 2-0 the way that they did, I I, I started to question. Yeah, I guess. So today's show, we are going to talk about, obviously, the Raptors and Bucks game. Raptors take, take care of business in Milwaukee. Kawhi Leonard is a freaking man. Fred Van Vliet might have just, like, altered NBA history. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about... True. <laughs> we have a, uh, we're going to talk about that in the first segment. Second segment is going to be potpourri. It is literally labeled potpourri in my second segment thing. And then Sounds to lovely. finish the show, we're going to talk about all NBA votes... Uh, everybody has takes about that stuff. There's always takes to give about that. So that's how we're going to wrap things up. And then if there's room, we'll talk about LeBron trying to do his recruiting thing. If there's room, no promises. You guys know where to find the show. You guys know where to find all of the shows across the Lockdown Network, especially shout out to Himalaya. If you guys are looking for a platform to listen to uh, podcasts, all of your favorite podcasts are there on Himalaya. So give them a shout out, give them a chance, and I promise you're going to be blown away. Let's, uh, How do you let's, give Himalaya a shout out? I, you have to. All right, so let's uh, <laughs> let's let's dive into this Raptors Bucks game. I mean, all right. Can I can I can I give a take here? We aren't. We, you don't really ever criticize Giannis, but this is Ooh. a game you criticize Giannis for. I love when you start off. I just love the way when you introduce things like that. Um, yeah, and not just this game. I think you look at the last couple and. Um, Giannis for this Milwaukee Bucks team to beat to to win and and to go all the way he has to be superhuman and he's been that for 99.9 percent of the games over the last couple seasons especially this one but tonight he certainly did not look like the best player on the court that belonged to Kawhi Leonard and he just he looked manageable yeah he can't be manageable he finishes the game so it's funny uh, Mike Budenholzer before the game says that he would rather keep uh, Giannis in there for 36 minutes and have him be able to go 110% or whatever the phrasing was that he had, the thinking was that he had heading into the game. Giannis plays 39 minutes in this yeah. one, finishes yeah. 9 of 18 for 24 points, 2 of 3 from 3-point range, 4 of 9 from the free throw line. I kind of sort of think the free throw line thing is a is a thing at this point. It well, it definitely is a thing, and look, he four for nine is below even for by his own standard. But it it is. I, I mean, you know, like it's leaking into the rest of his game. Yeah, and and I think with Giannis, the playoffs will expose you. And and yes, if you have any type of weakness in Giannis, like you know the old NBA Jam thing, if you just did every single skill on the basketball court, Giannis is like a nine or a ten on almost every single one. But he does have a couple of those weaknesses, and a team like Toronto has been able again. 
they've been able to man just manage him. It's not that he's played bad. It's just that he hasn't been so overwhelming that nothing they do, mm-hmm. um, you know, can match it. But tonight, Toronto got special performances from key guys. I mean, you mentioned Fred Van Fleet. He was a plus 28 tonight. He had 21 points, all on three-pointers, seven of nine from the three-point line. Sometimes, Anthony, we're going to overanalyze this game, and we're going to talk about all the X factors. You get your backup point guard to go seven for nine, and you, you're going to win. Yeah, I mean, they, win. they won by six points. It was a close game all the way through to the end, and Fred Van Fleet went seven of nine from the three-point line. Right there, that's your game. I, I completely agree, although I think it's also worth noting Toronto played eight guys, and and I think sometimes we, we, you know it's tough. I'm not gonna. I, I haven't watched Milwaukee enough to criticize Mike Budenholzer in any way, shape, or form. That's a great way to look like an idiot looking looking back on the conversation. But there are moments where coaches are reluctant to really make major changes to their rotation because of the impact that might have moving forward. And I think in right. this case, Toronto really trimming down that rotation and really going with the with the players that that you actually felt like there were very few moments. I don't think there were any moments where Toronto had guys on the court that I felt like, yeah, that guy probably shouldn't be out there. And, well, and, and there are moments like that with Milwaukee. Are. Yeah, they know who their guys are, clearly. And I think for Toronto, maybe even more so than Milwaukee, they have a, a steep drop-off from their eighth guy to their ninth, and, mm-hmm. and so it makes it a little bit easier. But you are right that, you know, there's no there's no more bullets to leave in the chamber. And, um, you know, we saw this with Denver in the San Antonio series and, and even into that Portland series. You got to play your best guys as many minutes as it takes. If yeah. that takes 65 minutes, you got to do it. Um, so I, I'm with you. I do think a couple more minutes, um, a couple more minutes from some of their key guys, I, th- I think would have made a, a big difference because you look at there was a lot of big positives in that starting lineup, a lot of big negatives on that bench unit. Um, but then we got to talk about a couple things. One, this game in a lot of ways. You know, you you expected the home team. Milwaukee had just dropped two in a row. You expect them to come home and really throw a haymaker, and they did. They, they got did. off to that fantastic start, um, out up by ten points at the end of the first quarter. But Toronto did a good job of sort of bending and not breaking and storming back. And then the other story of the game, in addition to to Fred Van Fleet's just incredible shooting night, Kawhi Leonard. A lot of people Monster. have been throwing it out the MG comp and just saying, you know, like he he's he. Not not in terms of impact, but just stylistically. I thought this was one of his – he just did so many things on the court tonight that, that were so MJS, the one-handed fake pass off of the, off of the so catch. Cool. It was ridiculous. It was like the prettiest thing ever. It actually didn't lead to anything, but still it was a, a cool moment. And then Nick Nurse talked about this at the podium after the game. You're surprised when he gets to his spot in the mid-range. You're surprised when he misses it. And tonight, you know, he missed some early on, but in that fourth quarter, he didn't miss a whole lot. And he just, he got to his spots and it just felt like you couldn't keep him off of his spots. And once he got there, you couldn't keep him from making them. There was a play, it was in the second half. There was a play in the second half. Uh, I think it was latish in the third quarter where Brooke Lopez had the ball on the right wing and Malcolm Brogdon was wide bleeping open in the opposite corner. Uh, Brooke Lopez, I, I'm pretty positive, saw him, but he also saw Kawhi Leonard in help defense <laughs> while he was guarding a post player, by the way. Like he was he was yeah. guarding a post player. He's sitting on the baseline and Lopez saw Brogdon, who was wide open, and he didn't throw that pass because, again, it's just it's just you see Kawhi is just such a presence out there. And it's it's really cool. Look, we've already seen him. You know, obviously, his coming out party. He's he's of an NBA finals MVP. Right. 
He was incredible in the, in the Golden State series the the year before last year before Zaza Pachulia took him out. Right, he's he's an incredible incredible player. But to watch him, especially while Giannis is kind of trying to come to that same moment as well, to see yeah. Kawhi say like, "No, no, no, I'm here now. You got to come take it from me." This it's it's such a cool story. I didn't expect that to be honest. Giannis, after this regular season, I thought he was, I thought he was the guy in in mm-hmm. the Eastern Conference. And he look, I mean, we we he will be sometimes next year we, when Kawhi's a Laker. <laughs> we reduce this stuff to one. It's a five man game. It's a team game. And we reduce it to one on one stuff anymore. But tonight in the most pivotal game of the series, Kawhi Leonard was the story, not Giannis. And uh, I just didn't anticipate that. It's an impress. You have to tip your cap to uh, to what Kawhi did tonight. Yeah. Last note that I have on this that that uh, I, I'm going to is, this is going to be one of those like get off my lawn moments. But there were there were stretches of that game where Giannis was guarding Kawhi, and then Kawhi would go, would go out and guard Giannis. And this yeah. is where sometimes yep. I wish teams were dumber because we would get more of that. It yeah. was like it, it was, there was so really much fun. good moments of that. The Giannis air ball that was that was Kawhi just playing incredible yeah. defense and tis, getting beating him to his own spots and and then challenging him. It was it was clear that Giannis was frustrated. Now. What I'm interested, Giannis hasn't been in this spot this season. Milwaukee yeah. hasn't been in this spot. This is the first time they've lost three in a row. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to kind of see how they respond. My my hunch is that they that this game probably well, the series probably ends in give, six. Don't, but don't give don't give don't give away your prediction. We're coming back to that after the break, dude. <laughs> hey. Well, let me just say, imagine what Jurassic Park is going to be like when they have a chance to go to the finals. Oof. I can't I can't wait to see it. It's going to be great. We're going to come back here in a second to give our uh, to give our predictions and also figure out like which team which of these teams matches up better with Golden State because at the end of the day, that's really what this comes down to. It's it's so great. <laughs> you're ready. You're just ready. Screw breaks. Whatever. Whatever. I I just want to get into. It. <laughs> I want, it. Let's keep this thing rolling. So all right, let's let's do this thing. Who wins this series? Who 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 pulls this thing out? I, I think Toronto gets it. Um, and you know, again, it, it's hard to say. Milwaukee almost won this game despite all these heroic performances. Yep. So I still feel like Milwaukee's ceiling is higher than than Toronto's, but. You know, three games in a row, the momentum is on their side. You think Milwaukee now going on the road, what if they have a bad first quarter? What if they don't get off to a good start? Do the shots get a little tighter? You know, the pass is a little bit, um, you know, more uncomfortable. And then Toronto's a great fan base. I mean, they're they're a little whiny. They're a little on the whiny side. They they have uh, we all? Sm- small market energy, as, as uh, the great Sean Hyken likes to say. <laughs> um, you know, they have the, 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 the they're not even a small market. They're an enormous market, but they have the small market complex to them. But you know, this is a great moment for them. And I think when you talk about is it going to be a great crowd in Game Six? It's going to be an unbelievable one. And and I just mm-hmm. think that Milwaukee, um, <laughs> if they get that win, it's going to be an impressive one. Here's my thing, though. Home crowds in Game 6, it's really easy to make them nervous. <laughs> it, it is, man. It is. Because that's Game 7 for them. It is. It is. So, like, yeah. if, 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 so we already knew. So you knew that, like, if, if Toronto kind of took that haymaker that Milwaukee threw, that Toronto would have, like, a good chance in, in this last game. If the same thing goes vice versa and 
and the the Toronto like especially the Raptors fan base especially right given their postseason follies like the, that could that those sphincters can get really tight and really it really quickly out there. I still think I mean you have to take Toronto in that game, but it wouldn't shock me at all to to see Milwaukee win it. And then when you get to a game seven, literally anything can happen. There's no way to predict what happens in 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 a, in a game seven in normal circumstances, but especially when where these two teams are so evenly matched. It's such a great series. I love this is one of my favorite series in a long time because weird stuff happens. Yeah, I think, you know, I do think that there's some things that Toronto has figured out. I mean, they've got the right guys now sort of in the rotation. Um, You know, you talked about shortening that rotation and just some of the minute totals you look at, you know, Lowry, 38 minutes now, 37 for Van Fleet. Um, Not a lot for Danny Green, who was really bad tonight. I I just think they kind of know a little bit better about what to do. Milwaukee's the team that now... I don't know that it's necessarily uh, the adjustment for them is probably tightening the rotation. I expect Giannis to play 43, 44 minutes in in, in game six because they need it. Um, and then I, I believe they have a good break in between um, games six and seven. I think there might be two games but days between, but I'm not positive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I, I, it really could go either way, but I just three games in a row. I have to give it to Toronto. Yeah, I I took I had Milwaukee winning this thing in seven, but but. Either way, this thing ends wouldn't shock me. Which of these teams do you think has a better shot against Golden State? I thought watching tonight that neither team has a shot against Golden State. <laughs> <laughs> and look, and, and Anthony, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna self, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call out myself here because I'm being the wishy-washy analyst. Because no, you know, a week ago, I was sitting here saying like, hey, Milwaukee, maybe they're as good as their mm-hmm. point differential says. Maybe they really are the best team in the league, and mm-hmm. they're up 2-0. How dare and, you take in new information and alter your stance? Yeah, but it's not that much inf- new information, but th- it's three games in a row that they've sort of looked, uh, again, manageable and just beatable. And um, the Warriors right now playing at the level that they are, I, I still think, I don't know that it'll be a, I don't think it'll be a cakewalk or anything like that. But watching this, it really made me think both teams, I think, are are pretty vulnerable to what the Warriors do. I think Toronto has a better shot against against the Warriors than Milwaukee does. Why? Kawhi, for one thing. And Serge Ibaka for another. Uh, I okay. I, I like I like the combo of having Serge Ibaka and Marcus Gasol. That you have that kind of. I like agree. That's one, a good point. One two punch that that you can you can offer drop coverage. You can offer get up and 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 try to switch cover. Like you can you could you at least have options there. But if like Brook Lopez isn't playing very well, Milwaukee doesn't have any other option really. So yeah. that that makes me nervous for for Milwaukee. And and again like. Kawhi was on the verge when he was still in San Antonio. He had Warriors fans nervous before Zaza stuck his foot under his ankle, right? That's a good point. And yeah, and that's ended a really good point. and ended that series. I I really and you know what? Like there there are obviously holes here. Pascal Siakam has been pretty pedestrian, right? Especially shooting. He has to knock down open shots against Golden State. Kyle Lowry. You never really know how that's going to go, though. He has been very good uh, in 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 this series. There, there are question marks, but between the two teams, I think I would, I, I'll, I'll take my, I'll take my chances with Toronto against uh, Golden State over Milwaukee, and and that's with me heading into the series thinking that Milwaukee was going to beat Toronto in the first place. It's a what? This is this is great. <laughs> We're it's too fun. wishy-washy. I think, I think that's what that means. <laughs> 
No, I don't think either team has a great shot. I mean, Golden State, they're just in such a zone right yeah. now. The the thing about Golden State that I think is the, where they're most vulnerable is just they're so shallow. I mean, they have a great five-man unit. Um, they don't have a lot behind those guys. So, you know, Draymond Green foul trouble, Steph Curry off one night, you know, Klay Thompson foul trouble are off. Th- those variables can pop up at the wrong time, and, and maybe they have one of each in, the, in a series, and, and they're kind of sunk. So they're thin, but you know what? with Curry, without KD, what are they now, 31-1? and one? Yeah. At some point, we just have to look at this and say, you know what, this team is pretty good when they play that old style of basketball. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, let's, we, we said this was going to be our potpourri portion of the events. You already talked about KD's injury. One of the theories that I gave you off-air uh, and, and in you know, private chats between you and I was that you know, KD's injury might be a little bit more serious than they're letting on. Not to definitely, say that it's the definitely the, feels real. Not 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 that it's you know the full on Achilles blow or anything like that, but you know maybe Golden State is kind of sort of doing him a solid. Him same thing goes for Bo- Boogie here, where they're doing them a solid of like, hey, they're day to day. They are if if they eliminate them from this series right from the get go, that affects those guys' contracts. Yeah, they might. Boogie's. So you're. you're what you're kind of suggesting is they might actually have like a three to four week timeline, yeah. you know, something that extends well beyond the end of, of the finals. Yeah. But they're saying like, oh, you know, we'll evaluate a in a week. We'll evaluate. But there is a chance because and, – and I think evidence for that is just how coy they've been and they kind of gave a real soft answer the night of and the next day. Mm-hmm. And then today it was reported that they – you know, oh, actually it's a little more serious and he'll miss the first couple games of the finals at least. That's KD at least. Um, so I'm with you on that. There could be a chance that he just does not return. But I think what's more interesting, Anthony, we haven't talked about the KD thing. What does it mean if they win this series without – if they go to the finals and win this year going nine nine wins to close out the playoffs without him? What what does that mean? Or even better, if he does return and they lose his first game back. <laughs> <laughs> There, this is a really interesting and, – and I've heard people kind of throw out both perspectives. I am of the opinion that if they win without him, I don't see how on earth this doesn't affect him – not his leg. I don't. I hate the word legacy, yeah. but just the moment that we're in. Perception, I don't see how yeah. – it, it, the perception in the moment that we're in doesn't really take a hit because – you know, we forgot three years ago they won. We, time has kind of healed the wounds. Games. Yeah, we kind of, we kind of not, not that we forget that, but you you forget how it felt in the moment because he became the the best player on the team and Finals MVP. But to start that way and then to finish off of the court when they go and win, it would just be. I think it would be really, really hard to sort of analyze KD going forward with this Warriors team. I, it almost would be like that port of his – his Golden State portion of his career exists in this one box, and we'll have to evaluate him for everything else he does in his career in another box. That might be a little too – wild. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> that, that might be a little too far out there for me that like you just isolate those things because he was a hugely important – like he was finals MVP, MVP twice. Right. Of course, but I in, mean, in series you know, against so much, LeBron, there's so much to to the game of basketball, though, and it, you know, like I said, if this team ends up going on and winning and beating this very, yeah. you know, very good either Bucks or Raptors team, two I think very worthy opponents in the finals, if they go on to win that, it just, um, it'd be hard. You'd be hard pressed to say like, oh yeah, he was Finals MVP, he was all of these yeah. things, but if he wasn't those things, eh, they still would have won. You know, it's also fun. Steph what Steph got first team all NBA and Katie got second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, throw it to break. Let's talk.
who noticed that and thought immediately, while all this is going on, like the timing of this could not have been worse. We're, we're even Steph. So there was, I was listening to, I was listening to a Bill Simmons podcast and he had Ryan Rosillo on there. And Ryan was saying that like, there was a stretch where, uh, when he was still doing the show with Scott Van Pelt, that he stepped away, that, that, uh, Van Pelt took like a month off or something like that. And the ratings went up. And then when Van Pelt came back, SVP goes like, you know, I can't lie. That doesn't feel great. Right. <laughs> right. And, and Rosillo, because he's like a good teammate and, 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 you know, he seems like a, a solid guy in, in this respect. He goes. He was like making excuses for for SVP. He's like, oh, it's like football season. The show's yeah, more popular, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. You know, <laughs> like, do you think, like, do you think Steph was doing that with KD, where he's like, one, they've won six games in a row without KD. Two, they've gone what thirty and one, thirty one and one without KD. In, in at in, some point, that number just has to. I, I mean, it look, ha- it's loud. That- you get laughed at for saying this Warriors team is better without KD, and I think for fair for a good reason. Like obviously their ceiling is better, but at some point, I think they thirty one and thirty one and one just it just means something. I'm not saying what it means, but it means something. I, I think they care more. Like of I, like, course, com, 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 like it's it's it's. I don't want to put myself in the head of any of these professional athletes. I have not had any conversations with them. I'm not in, in that kind of a position. But one of the things that I said heading into this Blazer series, uh, I did a I did a show, uh, you know, kind of previewing the 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 conference finals. And one of the things that I said is like these guys seem to really have that fire under their ass that they don't normally have when Katie is around. And they actually specifically spoke to it. They said that it's really easy when Katie is there to just like throw the ball to him and be mesmerized because that guy is so he's a walking bucket. It's really easy to just turn off your basketball IQ and 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 just allow the mercenary to come in and do his thing. And in but this I, case, and, go yeah. ahead. But I was going to say, I think the issue is that you you wanted to see more of a blend of the two. Right. And yeah. we've seen it for small stretches, but we've never really seen it for an extended run. And that's and that's the thing. The 2015 you're not going to get that with a mercenary. They know in, in he's the two, a mercenary. But, but I'm just saying, like, he's capable of playing – you know, you're capable of, of blending this style, this version of the Warriors with KD as a part of it. And look, they, they've shown it in different, different parts throughout the season, but, it, but it's always been like a game at a time or a yeah. quarter at a time or even sometimes just like, yeah, like a half or a quarter where, oh, my gosh, they, they outscored him 45 to 6 or, you know, it's a right. 10 or something in the quarter. We've seen it, but we, what we haven't seen and what the 2015 and 2016 Warriors did and what this team has done now for what has it been? Six games uh, in a row. Six games in a row is they string it together game after game after game to where you're just like, man, they are in a rhythm and they just are never not in that rhythm. Yeah. No, I I, I think it – it comes down a lot of times we can go through number after number after number, but really what it comes down to is like, I think they care a lot more. They, they, they've heard about this all season about KD at no point this season has anybody you talk to that has anything, any kind of connection to the warriors whatsoever. Have they thought like, Oh yeah, there's a good chance that KD comes back this year. They know this like, and, and, and they, this guy's about to leave anyway, that, that moment where Draymond green, like literally yelled at KD, dude, you're leaving. Yeah. Like, and, and, and then now now they have an opportunity to send a message to everybody after everybody writes them off and writes off the dynasty and says, oh, that's it. That it was a great dynasty. Let's try to contextualize it as it was. No, they, they got the opportunity to go and say, like, no, we won 73 games without this guy. We're going to go out and send a message, the, the, the best message that we can. My question, though, is that, like, OK, so they sent a message against a pretty flawed Blazers team. I want to know if they're going to be able to send that same message against I think a better t- like whatever team comes out of the East is going to be better than the Blazers. 
Clearly, clearly. Yeah. I mean, Portland, the sneaky truth of it is that Portland wasn't very good. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm not trying to bash on them. They had a great season. They overachieved, but I, they were so vulnerable, especially to what Golden State does. So yeah. um, I get that. But we got to talk about these we got to. first, second, and third team <laughs> before we run out of time. All right. So the first team, All-NBA, uh, reads as such. It was Giannis, Steph, Paul George, Harden, and your boy! He earned it. <laughs> <laughs> I was really happy to see he won it. So that was your first one. That was. I, first of all, I have the exact same. That to me, this is the 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 first team. I think they. I think the the voting public nailed it. I think so and too. The, the big. I think the big. You know, the Jokic and Bead thing. I'm. I'm not one. They're both great. I. I think that Jokic. Um, you know, his fingerprints are on every single possession on every on both ends of the court, but especially offensively. But it's. It's not just the scoring. It's literally he runs the show on every single possession. It's just different. I think people saw that playoffs. So I, I get that one. The Paul George Kevin Durant one is interesting because Paul because Kevin Durant's the better player. There's no question about that. I mean Kevin Durant probably the best player in the league. But Paul George had a pretty fantastic regular season, and that's what this is about. He was the best player on the Thunder, um, and a two way player defensively. He was incredible. Hit a bunch of big shots. Had some big moments. I, I maybe would. It's fifty-fifty. I maybe would flip that and still have KD up there, but I, I'm not. I'm not mad like some people are that Paul George got that spot. No, I don't have a problem either way with it. I don't. I, I, I think you split hairs at that level, and there are arguments to be made in in that case, right? Like just when you talk when when you talk about like all-time greats, and you're talking about like the best ever and the second best ever, the third best ever, you have to split these hairs sometimes. And and like in 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 the Embiid and Jokic thing. Jokic doesn't have a teammate who's as talented as Ben Simmons, and or and, Jimmy Butler, or I'm Jimmy honestly. Butler, or yeah, right. So and and so you have to you have to award it to the guy who like who does have that slight that slight edge. And I think in this case, Kevin Durant is in the absolute optimized situation. And and I don't think any Warriors fan, if you were to ask him, like, did you did did that Warriors team re- reach their peak over the course of that season? They would probably say no. And right. I think I think Thunder fans would probably say like, yeah. Paul George made that made that season a lot better than we thought it was going to be. I think that matters, and and I think it matters across the board. It's not just KD. I think it matters. And look, Steph, Steph, I think is Steph, and some of the stuff that they did, some of those numbers we're talking about without KD and and, and stuff maybe carries him in that regard. But I think for all that we're going to talk about Clay here in a little bit. I think for all of the Warriors, one of the things you sacrifice. They all talk about like. Yeah, well, we're we're team over individual, and we're you know we're collaborative, and we're willing to take sacrifices. This is the sacrifice you're talking about. You might mm-hmm. get overlooked for an All NBA team, um, and some of that comes with the territory. You're going to get the championships, but you know people are going to analyze you maybe different for this types of stuff sometimes. That's a really good point. That that like it's very rare that you actually see it manifested in this way. Yeah, and and I think that's what we're actually seeing. So the second team, though, to to get to the point that we're talking, Kyrie. Dame, Kawhi, Embiid, and KD. Kawhi would have been first team, but he didn't play enough, I don't think. Right, yeah, that's uh, true. We talked about KD. We Embiid talked... may be the same, too, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, probably. If he played more games, it maybe maybe he would have been there. I don't think Kyrie deserved to be up there. He didn't. Um, I'm with you on this. I mean, I think it's funny because the league has really become – I think we talk about the league and we analyze the league differently than we did 15 years ago. But when we do all-star, when we do first team, second team NBA, we still kind of remember the like, 
oh yeah, this guy's a walking bucket. Yeah. Maybe that doesn't matter as much as some of the other right. stuff, but you're right. Kyrie, maybe Kyrie, and we saw this especially in the playoffs. I know it's a regular season thing, but maybe some of the stuff that makes him great takes away from from you know it's not as impactful. And and Kyrie had a had that kind of year in my opinion. Well, I I just think like in general, it's the same thing. I the same thing we just talked about with the with the Warriors, right? If you were to ask a Warriors fan, hey, did that team reach their peak? They would probably say no. If you were to talk a Celtics fan. Hey, did that team reach their peak? Did was that team as good as you thought they were going to be? Were they close to being as good as you thought right. they were going to be heading in? No. Okay. Why not? Well, their personalities clashed all year. Well, which personality do we listen to for the for the vast majority of that season? It's probably that guy, you know. And 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 look, we're going to talk here about the third team, which is made up of Rudy Gobert, Blake Griffin, LeBron, Kemba, and Russ. Like I don't think LeBron deserves to be on that third team for that very same reason that like that the Lakers team by no like if you were to, to if you were to extend it to like the 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 furthest definition of okay that this, that the season could have gone like they didn't come close to as as good as they should have been this year and and and, when, and, the, and the personality we heard from this the most this year was LeBron. Yeah, and and we have to be clear when we're talking about this. Like, if there was just who are the five best players, LeBron is up on it's yeah. Steph Curry, LeBron, Giannis, Harden, and KD. And it's okay, that's easy. We got we got that out of like Kawhi. Right. Maybe is number six. You have all those guys in there. Um, but it's not. That's not what the reward is. It's how did they do this year? And games matter. Um, team success matters, and the impact. And even I, for me, and I don't. Every voter is different. There's no criteria. But I think even sort of the, just sort of the. You know, what was the culture like and what impact did they have? And I think some of the LeBron stuff maybe can be overstated and there's all this speculation or whatever. But the fact of the matter is the Lakers team fell apart around the trade rumor time. And yeah. LeBron had a hand in that. And and you have to sort of look at it. But I will say it feels weird not having LeBron on the first it's team. Wild. But it also feels weird having him on the third team for mm-hmm. all the reasons you mentioned. We haven't seen him play for like four months. <laughs> LeBron, it's been so long since LeBron was playing meaningful basketball. Yeah, I, honestly, also is like as a Laker fan, I think it would have been way better for the Lakers next year if LeBron doesn't make any of these teams. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of of impact, though, Kemba Walker um, now eligible for a supermax. Oof. Clay Thompson not. Carl Anthony Towns takes a giant discount. Bradley I think it Beal was like also thirty not. million or something. Bradley Beal. Um, and Towns, this is what's kind of interesting. I think the centers, the three centers that made it: Jokic and Bead, Rudy Gobert. Clearly, the three best centers in the league. Yeah. Um. So for me, I I I really like that or lineup. The three, and, and the three best center seasons of the league. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. That's what I mean. And Towns, I, he's so talented. I mean, I, I expect him to be on these lists and and for quite a long time. But again, I, I like that we're at a place where we reward team success. And as great as Towns is, I think it's pretty clear that he still has a few lessons to learn before he's over that hump into the category of those three guys. Yeah, I, I especially like seeing Blake Griffin here. Like, yeah, okay. I, 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 he had one of the more underrated seasons of the of of any player out there this year, in my opinion. The dude, the dude gets told by the Clippers, "You're, you know, you're going to get a statue. Your number's going to be up there." They had this big presentation about like <laughs> said, you are the future, right? Yeah, yeah like everything, <laughs> and, and then they send him out like next week, <laughs> right? The following week. And and the dude was going to get paid no matter what. The guy was like, there was a, there was a moment I thought this season that that I really, because with Blake Griffin, like he's 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 a really funny guy. He has interests off the court, right? 
and 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 it's really easy sometimes with him to like just all right is he focused on other stuff but there was a moment where the the Pistons had just won a game and he was giving like a post game uh like walk off interview with with the sideline reporter and who was it i was like ish smith or or oh no no, no it was reggie jackson reggie jackson like sticks his face up into the into the camera and blake griffin was like no man we got to get better we can't celebrate like minor victories like this against the charlotte hornets we have to have higher goals than this and like right as he's saying that reggie jackson sticks his head up into the camera and like does something dumb and and you saw it in like Griffin's face, like no, I I actually really want to to do more than just be here and get paid and and get numbers and and like to me, if you're talking about like all NBA, that to me is what the award stands for. And I thought I, I was really happy to see him get recognized for for really an incredible season this year. I'm I'm probably less high on him just in in a vacuum, but um, you know, it was a good season and um. <laughs> Man, <laughs> long rant from me. All right, fine. <laughs> was there classic right, Anthony? <laughs> we've talked. We've talked about you know guys who maybe we would have left off, but like if you leave LeBron off, if you leave, if you maybe knock Kyrie down, is there anybody who would have taken their spots? I I don't know. I'd have to see the list and see which what you know the, the the top snubs. I know that Clay was one of those guys that people have been talking about. But again, I mean, for me, it's just that the Warriors team cancels each other out a little bit for these types of things. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't, I don't I don't really know who else would have been would have been up there. Last thing before we go on this topic specifically, do you think writers should be put in charge of this when it affects? That's a good question. Like tens of millions of dollars for these guys. Well, first of all, writers, I think, should be in charge for this because this is what it was designed. You know, I I don't know who else you would do, you would have be voting on this. Yeah. So you're not going to put the fans out there. It'd be ridiculous. You, right. Even the, even the players, you know, they, yeah. we've seen what happens when players do this kind Kobe of stuff. Kobe would have gotten votes. <laughs> Kobe. <laughs> um, but I don't think, and this is where I, the, the players' union has really screwed up. Um, and, and we're starting the supermax. First of all, the supermax is just not working. I mean, Kemba Walker now yeah. does Charlotte sign him to a supermax? I mean, would they be? Think about how difficult it will be for that small market to build a contender around a guy making that kind of money at this age. I mean, it just that was a, a very ill-advised, uh, you know, sort of um, idea. Chris and Paul then, coming like messing up in a big moment. What? <laughs> and oh. then, but then also just the idea of. Of, um, you know, that puts a responsibility on a writers that is is sort of unfair even to them. And yeah. um, I, it's not that I think writers screw up, although every year we do have the, um, you know, Nikola Jokic got a first team all defense vote and yeah. Isaiah Thomas a few years ago got a first a second team all defense. Like, there's always ridiculous ones out there. But this should, it should not be tied to salaries. I just I, I, I don't think that's a very smart thing to do. If you're going to tie this kind of thing to salaries, then you have to extend it to like playoff things too right like if if you're gonna if you're gonna make all nba one of the deciding factors then why can't like number of playoff series one be one of them right because my yeah my, my, what the, the, cut, the cutoff was for the, those yeah for that i mean really... my, my problem my problem with like all nba thing is so to use clay thompson as an example here clay thompson speaks spoke today about like the sacrifices that he has to make because he's on the warriors and like for rings and stuff right so what the nba is is inherently kind of sort of saying there is we want you to gun for your stats so that you can get the extra 30 million dollars there and not sacrifice right 
which flies in the face of what they try to tell their fans all the time about like what's what's important in team sports. And and I yeah. think that's that's the disconnect here that I, I have the biggest problem with. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. That'll do it for this episode and this week's episodes of the Locked On NBA podcast. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. If you're looking for a platform to find shows or to find your podcast, check out Himalaya. It's spelled just like the mountain range. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Talk to you guys next week.